It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 396 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, sort of Tuesday, not quite Monday anymore, October the 15th slash 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you are checking out the Locked On Podcast Network, just an endless stream of content for you to check out. If you're an NBA fan getting ready for the season, of course, the season starts on Tuesday. Check out Locked On Sixers, Locked On Celtics, and you'll get an, uh, a local perspective, a local angle on the biggest game that I'll be watching on Tuesday night. Obviously, there's Warriors Thunder as well. If you want the local angle on that game as well, check that out. But Sixers, Celtics should be a blast. So listen to Keith Pompey or listen to John Corrales with Jay King and Sam Packard on Locked On Celtics to get all of the information you need ahead of that game. And I'll also make sure you're checking out the Locked On NBA preview from last week on the Locked On NBA channel. Five episodes. Six teams covered per day. I was on the final one on Friday, the first team leading off that one. Uh, A really good time and a really just sort of condensed amount of information to put into your ears uh, in, in regards to the season and every team involved. If you haven't really paid attention to the Phoenix Suns or the Charlotte Hornets, make sure you're checking out the corresponding Locked on NBA preview show to get yourself ready for that. Also, one bit of housekeeping before I continue with today's podcast, which is going to be a mailbag podcast, uh, mostly a mailbag podcast. I'm going to talk a bit off the top about the Chris Boucher signing, Malcolm Miller, the last roster spot, which everyone seems to really care about right now. So I'll talk about that. But the big thing that uh, I want to say before we get to any of that is... I'm doing a Patreon page now. I know this is like old hat for a lot of people in the in media and the blogger game, but you know, I've been at this thing for like four years and I want to try to increase the amount of my income pie that comes from you know, this whole thing, just covering the Raptors, my Raptors coverage, I want to try to make it a bigger part of my, you know, monthly income, and this is a good way to go about it, so just a little bit of a, an elevator pitch for the Patreon page, if you want to check it out, patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors, it's on my Twitter profile, is my link on there, um, and I've tweeted it as well, as it's my pinned tweet, so if you want to check it out, make sure you do, basically, it's going to be extra content for you, it's going to be exclusive podcast, the launch of a new podcast I'm starting, that is a weekly sort of bi-weekly it depends on what the content i'm trying to put out for the certain month is going to be but there's going to be quite a few of these a month and it's going to be like a raptors history podcast i guess it's going to be kind of on a bunch of different raptors related topics and the first five or so are all going to be request uh request topics from those who have donated to the show and donated to the patreon page so the first one we're doing is kind of come up this week myself and joe wolfon from the score you know him from this show all the time we are going to be doing a mike james 2005-06 season deep dive podcast. That is the kind of thing you're going to get if you subscribe to my Patreon page. It's going to be a lot of Raptors history stuff. If you liked my ranking every Raptors series for Raptors HQ, this is the exact kind of thing I'm going to try to do in sort of a more 
in-depth way and to sort of do it in podcast form as well. I'm going to try to have good guests on there as well to kind of mix it up too. So please, if you are interested at all in the stuff that I do in regards to Raptors history or anything like that, please uh, consider subscribing to the Patreon page. There's a few tiers you can do. $2 is, you know, you're not going to get any exclusive content out of it, but it's more of just a way to say thanks for the last four years of podcasting and writing, I guess. Uh, A couple people have done that. Very much appreciated, no matter how much you decide to chip in. The $5 tier, you get four pieces of content a month. It's going to be one a week, probably. Uh, As I set it up right now, whether it's podcasts or columns, four pieces will be exclusive to you, the Patreon subscriber. And if you're on the $7 tier, the Kawhi Leonard tier, as I've called it, you're going to get one extra special project a month. I haven't quite figured out exactly what the special projects are going to be. Sometimes it'll be a podcast. Sometimes it'll be a big column. Sometimes it'll be something video. Uh, As I kind of get a little bit more creative, this Patreon thing is going to allow me to do that. There are lots of ways that Patreon allows you to kind of get weird and creative with what you want to do. So that is also going to be part of the, the package if you are the $7 tier of donator to this uh, to the Patreon page. Thanks to everyone who has already done it, and I will stop talking about it now because I've gone on far too long. But thank you in advance for taking the time to check out the Patreon page. I very much appreciate everyone who reads and listens, and this is a way for you to kind of get back a little bit and uh, keep me going and keep me sort of you know, keep my ass in line mostly to make sure I'm, I'm still putting out really good stuff for you guys. All right, let's get to today's podcast. Uh, again, like I said, we're going to do mailbag questions. we got a couple in, but first I guess we should talk about the news. Chris Boucher on Friday was signed to a two-way deal, the second two-way deal the Raptors have available. Uh, you know, this is... I, it's news, I guess. People really care about this stuff. Ultimately, I don't think this really impacts the Raptors roster all that much. Chris Boucher is nice. He's young. He's like 25. He's, you know, got a good shooting stroke. He can block some shots. He's also kind of skinny and not particularly strong. And I'm not sure how he's going to hold up if he were to be an NBA player, for example. But I, you know, I do think he's got something to offer and a little bit of sort of a diverse skill set compared to the rest of the Raptors big men. So I don't mind the decision to keep him around. This is not going to to really impact the ceiling of the Raptors or anything. No, the Raptors are going to be a good team regardless of who their 15th man is on the second two-way contract. And, you know, it's nice that Chris Boucher is the guy. It was really cool to see him, you know, get those shots up in Montreal in front of his home crowd. And I think maybe just sort of the response to that. And, like, maybe his passport are the reason he's going to be on the Raptors this season. Um, obviously, he was in competition with Dang Adele and Eric Moreland, I guess, were the two guys that were kind of in the running for that spot. Dang Adele, I think, is kind of interesting. He seems like a nice athletic wing as it happens the Raptors have a lot of those so he's not really necessary in terms of you know skill set or just sort of style of player on the roster so I think he was going to kind of always be part of the crunch unless there was like a disastrous injury or something in the pre- in the preseason to a Norm Powell or a CJ Miles or Danny Green or something like that um, but I believe Dang Adele came in on an exhibit 10 so he can go to the 905 and pick up a bonus and I think that's probably what he'll end up doing and that'll be nice you can kind of have him you know work him along and maybe next season you can kind of you know you can revisit the idea of Deng Adele on a two-way deal or something like that if he doesn't get picked up by some other team uh, from the G League over the course of the season, and hopefully he does. Hopefully he gets a 10-day somewhere. He did a couple nice things in the preseason for the Raptors. He had that perfect shooting night of 5 of 5 that Nick Nurse said he should have kept shooting for. Um, so all the best to Deng Adele, and hopefully he's you know we see his name popping up with the 905 box scores this season. As far as Eric Moreland, I don't know what's next for him. Maybe he can try to latch on to a team if there's a roster spot out there. Maybe he'll accept a move to the 905. I'm not quite sure. I know some people kind of wanted him to be the 15th 
guy or the 16th guy or whatever it really is that we're calling it. I, again, I kind of like Boucher's skill set a little bit more. You know, Moreland's kind of more of a mauler, I guess. He's a good rebounder. He's got a little bit of touch around the rim, but, like, he's not any great shakes or anything like that. And I think the chance to maybe mold Boucher into something more, even if he's already kind of past his development curve at 25, 26 years old, I still think that's, like, a higher upside play than Eric Moreland. And considering that neither of these guys are really going to factor into the Raptors' plans this season, I'd rather go with the higher upside guy just in case they can turn him into something. Um, obviously, maybe in the, in the situation where there's like injuries to Jonas or Greg Monroe or Serge or something like that, then maybe you'd prefer Moreland just because he has a bit more of an NBA track record and a bit more pedigree. But I'm totally okay with Chris Boucher. It's a cool story. It's nice to have a Canadian on the team as you know wishy-washy and, and soft as that is. But like, it, it's a cool story. It's nice to have him around. People will like it, and he will probably you know enjoy the opportunity as well. It's pretty cool. So yeah, Chris Boucher is probably going to play a lot of 905 this year obviously on the two-way deal I think if we're sort of looking at him and Jordan Lloyd and comparing them to last year's two ways in Lorenzo Brown and Malcolm Miller Miller obviously the injury kind of played into how little he was used but Brown was much more a part of the rotation when he was healthy and was just much more worked into the plans and considering that Lloyd is kind of a combo guard and you know I guess you could argue that because Boucher is at a position that's a less deep for the Raptors maybe he has the way to in there with the way into the rotation a little bit easier than Lloyd does but I would still say considering Lloyd seems more of like a finished product I guess he just seems like a steady Lorenzo Brown ass player um I could see you know Jordan Lloyd being sort of the guy who would be the first guy to get a crack at the rotation I suppose maybe if they're trying to keep Kyle Lowry's minutes down or something on a night where Kyle's resting maybe you bring up Jordan Lloyd give him some run um and maybe you play him ahead of Lorenzo Brown because I know they gave Lorenzo Brown a contract after he won G League MVP but he's not particularly good uh Dan Hackett our friend from Raptors HQ uh you know he is the bane of Dan Hackett's existence but um so I do think there's a chance that maybe Lloyd could surpass Brown in the totem pole I think maybe the contract for Brown it's kind of weird considering they already had three point guards on the roster. Maybe, you know, that was just more of like a throw him a bone because he earned it last season. And maybe even though it doesn't really fit with the team, we'll give him some money, give him an NBA deal. And that's like us doing that guy is solid. Maybe it makes us a more attractive destination down the road for two way guys to sign with. But, but I still think Lloyd has a chance to maybe steal some of those minutes. But we're talking about two way guys and a team that's going to win close to 60 games. So I'm going to stop it there. But before I do that, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that, of course, is Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets to all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off an order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. The Raptors home opener is on Wednesday. It's super close. If you want to go to that, it's not going to be a cheap ticket because Kawhi Leonard's in town now. It's revenge day against the Cavs. If you want to go to that game, get some money off of that ticket. 
Go to Vivid Seats, download the app, enter promo code Locked On for $20 off, orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I feel like I'm doing more of a broadcastery voice today. It's weird. Behind the scenes, I'm recording this at the TSN 1150 studios in Hamilton, so I'm right in front of like a very professional microphone, so it's making me do more broadcastery voice. I apologize if this one is coming off very broadcastery. Uh, let's get to some listener questions here before we get the hell out of here. First of all, today we did the Locked On Raptors fantasy draft. I took Anthony Davis first overall. I took Terrence Ross with my last pick. Shouts to everyone who's in that. Um, but now I'll stop killing time and I will get to the actual questions that people asked. All right, here's uh, question number one from at Six Dog. Uh, now that we've seen some on-court film and keeping in mind it's only preseason, what are some things that have been impressive and or disappointing from the new guys, Kawhi, Danny, Greg Monroe? With Kawhi... The impressive side is that he looks healthy, he looks willing to drive to the basket, he looks willing to absorb contact, his defense still looks just absolutely monstrous, he's hawking passing lanes, he is just like an absolute bear of a guy to try to get around. So that's great. Uh, he looks like Kawhi Leonard in that regard. He Again, the getting to the line thing and absorbing contact, I think, is the biggest thing. Obviously, I think after you play nine games in a regular season, there's got to be a bit of a psychological hurdle to overcome there. And Kawhi seems to have done that pretty easily. And he looks like he's Kawhi Leonard at, at full health. The shooting, obviously, has not been amazing from him. He's, his shooting percentage has been pretty down. He hasn't hit a ton of his threes. Of course, the ones he has made have just been d- delicious to watch. He had the big crossover in the first preseason game, or maybe the second one. I think it was the first one. Who can remember, really? It's the preseason. Um, but, yeah, he, he, his shooting stroke is not quite there, but like I think that is what you would think would be the last thing to come from him. So I'm not concerned about that, and like that's always been a thing that he's been good at, so I'm not like fretting just yet. And I don't think the quadriceps injury or anything like that is gonna it's not like his injury required him to sh- change his shooting stroke or anything so I think he will eventually come around there and become Kawhi Leonard from three and from the mid-range uh, also kind of impressed by his passing he seems like he's going to command a lot of double teams this season when he does the drive and kick stuff maybe more so than DeMar did because I think teams were kind of willing to live with DeMar doing DeMar things um, but Kawhi was has been pretty good and sharp driving into a double and then turning around and quickly swinging it and it's led to a lot of open threes especially in those first couple of games he played I thought he did a really good job of managing those doubles which obviously has been a hang up for the Raptors in the past not so much last season but the years before and so it's nice to see we're not going to be revisiting that at that at all with Kawhi Leonard he's uh he's very good at basketball so uh and that you know I think maybe people would have said this might be true that 
DeMar's passing and playmaking is sort of the one area in which he has an advantage over Kawhi, it's probably more of a dead heat, and I think we'll see that. And Kawhi has had a couple nice assist games so far. I think he had a seven-assist game in the last preseason game he played in against the Nets. So even though his shot wasn't there, he was looking for other guys. And I just think there's going to be a lot of opportunities in Nick Nurse's offense. It's going to be a very free-flowing offense. I think last season with the Spurs, or the last couple seasons with LaMarcus Aldridge, they've kind of gotten away from that sort of egalitarian 60 win Hawks, you know, 2014 Spursy style of play. And it's been a lot of funneling through high usage guys there, in particular Lamarcus Aldridge, Pau Gasol, and Kawhi himself. You know, Kawhi would just kind of take over the offense at times because they didn't have a whole lot in the way of creation. So I think with this team, you know, Kawhi's going to get to flex those playmaking muscles a little bit more. Maybe we'll see his, you know, total point totals come down a little bit, but I think his assist totals might go up. Sort of a similar thing to what DeMar did last year, where DeMar was such a high usage guy. Uh, you know the season prior, and he was still high usage. High usage last, and he was still high usage last season. But he kind of, you know, reined it in a little bit and became more of a of a setup guy. And I think Kawhi in this offense, which I think probably is a bit more like that 2014 Spurs style offense, not quite the same beautiful, ridiculous peak basketball thing it was, but it's something close. It's aiming to be that in its sort of ideal so I think Kawhi is going to get a chance to flex those playmaking muscles a little bit more and I think we'll see that he's a pretty good playmaker Danny Green I mean his last preseason game was amazing the one against the uh, Nets at least I'm not sure he played against the Pelicans I can't remember or nor do I care um, against the the Nets he was awesome he got hot and I think that's what we're going to see from Danny Green at times very much like CJ Miles but with defense which is also something really good and when you pair Kawhi Danny OG that threesome is going to be so terrifying defensively. It's going to be so switchable, so just impenetrable for a lot of ball handlers, and it's going to just you know create so much in the way of leeway for the centers, whether it's Jonas or Serge behind them. It's just I'm really excited about it. So Danny Green, nothing really to complain about. Just like I asked some streaky streaky shooting early on, but that's Danny Green. Like he's not always going to be you know a marksman. He's going to have games where he's hot, games where he's not, and that's fine. That's just Danny Green. Greg Monroe, I mean, he's Greg Monroe. I, I've said all along that I hope he doesn't play very much. I hope he just kind of hangs out and is there as a injury replacement if the worst happens to a guy like Jonas, and he'll play some garbage time minutes. If there's a certain matchup or foul trouble, you'll throw him in there, but I'm hoping he averages like 10 minutes a game over 40 or 50 appearances, and that's about it. And considering how Nick Nurse used him, I guess the one thing I'm impressed by is Nick Nurse sort of hinting that he's not going to use Greg Monroe particularly often and the fact that Serge and Jonas have both played pretty much you know split minutes at center when it's mattered I think that hints that Greg Monroe is not here to be a regular part of the plans on a, on a night-to-night rotation basis but it's nice to have him around I guess he seems like a cool guy he uh, has a nice smile he has cool Instagram posts of being in Mexico Katie Heindel our friend is a big fan of those so there are there are virtues to Greg Monroe I just don't know if they're particularly on the court but hey you need a good bench celebration guy and maybe Greg Monroe could be that after spending some time with like the fun no fun Celtics where they didn't really play him and the the Suns which were just depressing as hell maybe he'll be energized by playing with a group of young fun guys who are not the Celtics uh <laughs> okay a couple more questions gonna come up on the other side of this but first of all is your company looking for a new way to reach customers your company could be mentioned right here in this exact place of this podcast podcast listeners 
listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on podcasts. And our demographic is 98% males with more education and earning than the traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast and you can get that process started by emailing me at sean.woodley at gmail.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, let's wrap this thing up with just a couple more questions that relate to awards. Uh, first one here from Atul J. Actually, these are both from Atul J. So thank you, Atul, for sending these in. First one, Raptors most improved player candidate. There might be a few. Um, OG and Anobi, second year guys are always kind of in that mix, I suppose. Uh, you could say maybe Jonas Valanciunas if his minutes go up. Obviously, he's kind of deeper into his career, so it's not super likely. The obvious guy here that I'm kind of beating around the bush for is Pascal Siakam, though. Like, I think he could very much be in this conversation. It's kind of hard because, like, usually the guy who wins most improved is considered by the end of the season to be a star. It's not like a guy who goes from sort of middling bench player to really good bench player. But that might be enough for Pascal because I do think he's going to be a big part of the Raptors bench unit or potentially the starters. Like, I think there's a real chance that he could start at some point this season just because of the way the the power forward spot seems to kind of be fluid, I wouldn't be stunned just considering how Nick Nurse seems to be approaching this whole thing if we see a game or two where Pascal gets inserted as a starter and boom, like he runs with it and he's just the starter for the rest of the season. He fits with that lineup really nicely He and maybe OG fits on the bench a little better. I don't know. It's uh, I, We had this conversation, I believe, in our over-unders or our prop bets podcast with myself, Vivek, and Sahal last week and I might have said Siakam's going to start the most games of power forward. That might have just been a strategy pick i can't remember exactly but i do think there's a world in which that happens and if that does happen the the most improved thing becomes even more likely but even then if he's just a really good bench player on a lineup that once again eviscerates opponents and he goes from you know seven points a game up to you know 11 12 with you know four or five assists a game which i think is totally within his realm of ability i'm not sure if he'll get the volume to do it but he seems like he's going to be given the opportunity to run the offense and get out there and you know start the break and be a really exciting member of what the Raptors are doing with their bench unit, I I think there's a real chance that he could do some pretty impressive things and become one of those guys in that most improved category. I guess, you know, if you're looking at most likely guys for that, you're probably looking at dudes like, I don't know, like Josh Jackson feels like one to me, where he could kind of go from being sort of a weird rookie to a guy who's like a a fringy star. That's kind of the guy who ends up doing it. Obviously, Victor Oladipo did it last year. Like, that guy went from disappointment to obvious, like, all-NBA player or borderline all-NBA player. I don't think we'll see that from Pascal, but you never know how these things work and how the pool of candidates will be. I think we'll see Pascal's name a little bit in that conversation. I don't think he'll win it per se, but I do think it's like kind of on. It's it's within the realm of possibility for sure that, that Pascal could win most improved. 
And the last one here from Atul J. What will it take for Kawhi to win MVP? <sighs> I mean, if he does what he did in San Antonio in 2016-17, where I believe he finished second, a pretty close second to... Russell Westbrook, he might have been third behind Russ and, and James Harden now that I think about it, but he's been top three a couple of times now. He was third in that race between Steph and James Harden a couple of years ago that Steph ended up winning. This is, like, it, I think it's very on the table. I think he has, like, the sixth or seventh best odds right now, but if you look at where the odds stand and, like, who's ahead of him, like, I don't think Kevin Durant's going to win it. I think... Just the the fact that him and Steph Curry will cannibalize each other's votes, I think, is going to cancel him out as long as he's on the Warriors. I don't think LeBron's going to win it because I just don't think the Lakers are going to win enough games. I think they'll be good. I think LeBron's teams are going to make the playoffs and all that stuff, but I also am not sure he's out there to just like put up crazy numbers. I think he's probably out there to kind of if you know if he's being smart. This is not the year where the Lakers are really going to go for it. You know, a year or two from now, when maybe KD's gone from the Warriors, or you know, who knows what happens if the NBA changes on a dime all the time. Like that might be the more go for it season for the Lakers. So if I'm LeBron, I'm probably like after playing every game last season and wearing myself out in an attempt to win an MVP that I lost anyway, I'm probably not going crazy to try to win that MVP. So I think he's probably out of the running. I think the Pelicans are good and I I love the Pelicans and I'm excited about the Pelicans. I took Anthony Davis first overall in the Locked On Raptors Fantasy League. I'm very pumped about that. But the roster composition there and just like the loaded nature of the West, like if they don't win 50 games, I don't really see Anthony Davis winning the uh, MVP unless he does something absolutely remarkable statistically, which is you know possible, but it takes such an outlier season like Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double to win MVP on a team that doesn't have 50-plus wins or finishes top two or three in the conference. So I think the, the Pelicans and, and Anthony Davis, like that's not going to work well for his case. And then you're left with like Giannis and James Harden, who I'm not sure people are going to want to give the award to again, even though he might deserve it. And I think Kawhi's right there too. I think Kawhi has an excellent chance of winning this thing because if I were to compare the cases of, say, Giannis and Kawhi, do I think Giannis could, by the end of this season, be considered the best player in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I think that could happen. But also I think Kawhi is kind of the incumbent right now, at least healthy, a healthy version of Kawhi is. And if the Raptors, who are a better team than the Bucks, if the Raptors go ahead and win 58 to 62 games, something in that range, finish one or two in the East, and the Bucks win 50, you know, that, I think it'd be pretty much a toss-up because that means Giannis did something remarkable. But then, you know, there'll be the conversations of, like, who has more of a role in this? Is it Giannis or is it Mike Budenholzer? I think that'll kind of throw a bit of a wedge, a wrench in the conversation. I just think the Raptors' path to having a guy who is the clear best player on the team and winning 60-something games is the most obvious of any team. And maybe this is incredibly biased. I don't know. But I just think... With the traditional criteria for what an MVP has typically been, and with Kawhi's history of being right in the conversation and his advanced metrics being incredible, along with his counting stats, which both end up mattering depending on sort of the swath of voters that's involved, I I do think there's a very real chance, a very real path for Kawhi to be MVP. And maybe that helps his case of staying. Maybe that doesn't. I don't know. But it'd be really damn cool to watch him do that. And I think just the way we've seen him play in the regular season, in the preseason, the only thing that could limit it, limit him, obviously, is injuries. And if his quad thing comes back up or if the Raptors just really are playing it safe with him and rest him for 15 games, I don't think that's going to happen either. So, yeah, I think the path is very much there for Kawhi barring injury to be the MVP or at least top two or three. And, like, we haven't seen that ever with, like, our best memories of a raptor being one of the top 
players in the league are like Chris Bosh in 2006-07 or 07-08, where he was really good, but like still like eighth or ninth in voting. I think Demar finished seventh last seventh last season, even though Kyle was better than him last season. I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. It's hard to really gauge, but uh, I think there's a very real path to it. So. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Sorry it was sort of an abbreviated mailbag. I kind of went long on Chris Boucher uh, off the top, but hey, people love the Chris Boucher content. Upcoming this week, lots of stuff. Uh, Tuesday, I'm going to be doing a podcast with Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs to tee up the season opener. We'll talk about Kevin Love, and we'll talk about Tristan Thompson saying the Eastern Conference runs through the Cavs. I uh, can't say that with a straight face. Well, Wednesday, I'll do a podcast from the arena after the game. Looking forward to that as well, as always. I'm sure we'll get Vivek in for that one. Uh, maybe some other friends. We'll see. Thursday, going to be doing a podcast with John Corrales. We're going to tee up the Friday game against the Celtics. Uh, Friday's game, I'm not going to be able to watch live. I'm working like a triple crazy shift that day. So I probably have to do the podcast for that game on like Saturday morning, perhaps, after I get a chance to watch the game. So stay tuned for that. And also Thursday, I'll be doing the first premium podcast on my Patreon page. Uh, patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors the podcast is called Primo's Pasta and Sauce sorry duh Primo's Pasta and Ross I totally butchered the name Primo's Pasta and Ross Uh, the first episode of that will be up on Thursday with myself and Joe Wolfon going deep on 2005-06 Mike James so lots of stuff coming this week I'm sure I'll be writing some stuff for Raptors HQ as well so keep an eye out for that too and uh, also hosting radio this week Thursday and Friday morning 6 to 9 a.m. on TSN 1150 if you want to check that out if you're more of a broad sports fan and you want to hear about that too also uh tuesday nights myself and katrina squaz and host hamilton is hoops if you're interested in mcmaster basketball for whatever reason uh or the canadian elite basketball league or the raptors we talk a lot of raptors as well make sure you're listening to tsn 1150 from 7 to 9 7 to 8 7 to 8 p.m eastern time uh it's uh, very much appreciated anymore everyone who tunes in we've got some nice feedback so far so thanks in advance for taking the small amount of time it would require to listen and then uh, while you're listening you can always subscribe rate review to the podcast on iTunes sorry this has been an extremely heavy episode on me plugging myself but hey it's Monday we're filling time the season's about to start gotta get all the information out there as to who I am and where you can find my stuff so uh, I will not be so heavy on this stuff in the future I suppose all right, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, thank you so much for listening we will talk to you on Tuesday night with myself and Chris Manning on Locked on Raptors Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.